ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Jays from Away podcast, episode 67. this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Wesley James, who will join me in conversation and will also bring you an interview with Jackson McClellan, a pitcher in the Blue Jays minor league system. Welcome back to a new season of Blue Jays Baseball and the Blue Jays from Away podcast. We're brought to you by the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays Minor League Handbook and the premium content section of Blue Jays from Away. This year's edition features profiles of over 250 players in the Toronto Blue Jays organization while giving you all of the info you need to follow the Blue Jays minor leaguers in action. The premium content section has photos, video, and scouting reports to supplement the profiles. The 2018 Toronto Blue Jays Minor League Handbook and the Blue Jays From Away premium content section. We've got you covered. Now available at the Blue Jays From Away shop and at Amazon in formats for Kindle and in print. So let's talk about the, the roster construction. And since we're, we're talking about pitchers, you know, the Blue Jays have five starters. And, and it looks like with Stroman pitching well in his uh, Montreal appearance, it looks like, you know, the one through five is going to be the way it lines up. Maybe not in the order we thought it would be, but with the, the personnel we thought it would be um, at the start of spring training, or at least when Jaime Garcia was signed. Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about the starting rotation i think that there's uh there's there's enough depth too that seems even with panone getting um i don't know what did he take some uh, 80s drug probably some 80s steroid yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so i'm pretty excited about the starting rotation um i'm uh i'm i'm more interested to see what happens uh at shortstop this year i i'm i'm i feel like too low might have seen his last effective MLB days, but I could be wrong. Okay, fine. We'll talk about the infield. I was talking about the pitching. Yeah. But um, I agree with you about the <laughs> starters. Um, I really like the starting rotation. I, I you know, I wrote today on uh, in our predictions uh, post at the site um, that I think Jay Happ is going to have a big year. I think mm-hmm. he's going to do really well. It wouldn't surprise me to, for him to have the biggest uh, wins above replacement or war mm. of any of the starting pitchers. Um, that said, I think Sanchez is going to have a big rebound year, and Stroman, I think, is just going to keep being Stroh. Stroh going to Stroh. <laughs> and uh, what do you think he's going to? Do you think he's going to regress a bit from last year? I, th- you know, he has the potential to to stay where he was, if not get a little better. I think you know he was really good, um, but I think he's always looking for that little edge, and I think that part of that is his. His nature, the chip on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to show the world they think I'm too short. They think I'm, you know, not good enough or, you know, whatever people 
you know, may say or not say, but that whatever he gets into his head that he's, you know, going to react to and going to use as that chip, I think that chip keeps a guy wanting to get better. And, and you know, I think, I don't think there's there's a ton of regression in him. I mean, obviously everyone can, and, you know, playing the Yankees and Red Sox as many times as they do, it's a tough ask for any pitcher, but I think Stroman uh, really, you know, has that, the want to yeah. uh, go out there and dominate every time. Do you think he'd go for more strikes? The balls in play issue uh, was obviously relies heavily on the defense, and because the defense was a bit off last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the defense is going to be markedly better this year, uh, especially on the infield. And he's a ground ball pitcher. So, um, you know, if Travis is healthy, then he's decent. He's not fantastic, but he's he's decent. Um, yeah, if maybe maybe his knee was it causing him problems the last couple of years in, in a way that didn't get enough publicity. Uh, but he, but even coming up through the minors, he was never seen as being a, a plus defender. He was always seen as being a good enough major league second baseman. Um, at shortstop, it's 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 hard to say that you know Diaz is going to be a downgrade from Tulowitzki. Um, offensively, he may even be an upgrade if he sort of splits the difference between his rookie year and his his second year last year with St. Louis. Um, Donaldson is a very good defender, but he, you know he'll make his errors, especially on his throws. That's just the player he is. So, um, you know, Stroman is a great defender, but you know he can't cover that much territory. <laughs> the whole infield. So, yeah. but you know, it's it's one of these things where we'll have to see how things play out, and that's the thing about Babip is it's luck. It's where does the ball go? Does it go at somebody? Are the Blue Jays going to? shift more you know this offseason I read the book about the Pirates uh, I can't remember who wrote it but the Pirates and their real acceptance of you know buying into using the shift way more and how it made them a playoff team from um, you know basically a middle of the pack below 500 team and it was really the the managements like like Clint Hurdle I think is the manager and Clint's um acceptance of it and buying into that system along with the the field staff and are the Blue Jays going to do that because they know that positioning their infielders in the more traditional places is going to you know be more limiting because of the lack of elite defenders at those positions you know I don't think so so I think this is a bit of a distraction, but did you see Mor- Morales hit the ball the other way in two games in a row? I didn't see it. I heard one of them on the radio and heard about it. It's like, you know... The, it's his glasses, think, probably. I think it's the glass. It's, it's the new thing, you know, with Gibby with his glasses, Morales with his glasses, Danny Jansen, Jose Bautista. It's the thing. Everyone suddenly had a vision problem last year. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, Gibby, you know, has to look at those lineups and the, uh, <laughs> you know, the matchup data that he's got. It's It's tough. Tough work. Yeah. Uh, Donaldson, do you think there's any reason to be worried about anything to read into him about him not going to Montreal? Yeah. I think there is something to worry about. I think there is something to to think about. You know, he even said, I'm not 100%, and I don't want to get any worse by playing. You know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But 
I think he said, I don't want to get any worse by going to Montreal and playing there uh, on that turf for a couple of games. And I think there is something to be said. Um, and I don't want to say if it, I don't, I don't know if this is just a bad feeling or if the Donaldson in the game of out of the park baseball, 2019 that I'm simulating right. to, uh, you know, as sort of my review of the game, um, the Donaldson in my league is not doing well, folks. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of home runs, but I think his average is around 230. And, you know, he's got about a 340 on base percentage, which isn't horrible, but it's also not what we want to see out of, you know, the MVP. Sort of a 2016 Batista or yeah. assuming a full season or maybe he's yeah. hurt as well. Yeah, and so maybe I'm biased from that simulation, um, but... That you played by yourself on your own in, the in your head about <laughs> about next year? Yeah. yeah. Um I'm biased about that that simulation a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, how much are his sort of nagging injuries going to take a toll on him physically? How much is it going to get to him in the grind? Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm optimistic that the Blue Jays have you know in Solarte, they have somebody that they can put out there, and the drop off with the bat is not, you know, cataclysmic. Um, but nobody on the team can really match what he can do with the bat when he's healthy and when he's when he's performing at his capabilities. So I'm encouraged by second half Josh, Josh Donaldson, um, but we have to see. You know, it's all. I, I'm a little nervous, but season starts tomorrow, so we'll. You know, it's, don't worry. Be, Steve Pierce is going to stay healthy all year. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Mr. Mr. Pierce. Uh, I, you know, he's a guy that I'm I'm encouraged by too. Um, good he spring. Had, he had a very good spring, hitting the ball well. I think he went four home runs for for Pierce, or something. You know, he he went and mashed uh, a little bit. And uh, I've heard the defense. I, I didn't see the game yesterday, but I, I heard he did not uh, play good defense in left field. He always looks like he yeah he needs help getting to the ball or it just yeah it seems to bounce around him pretty easily he needs a wheelchair out there he needs a little bit of needs a bigger glove okay. let's say yeah <laughs> he'll have he'll he'll borrow uh, a catcher's glove from uh, Josh Tolley he'll borrow it from Tolley the, the extra large the extra large yeah knuckleball, knuckleball glove. catching glove yeah um so that's you know that's I think Pierce I think the offense you know, it's funny, Jeff Blair was talking today on the radio saying, you know, the offense is going to be bad. I think the offense has the potential to be solid. I don't think it's going to be, you know, Yankees good. Um, but <laughs> That's a reasonable expectation. You think? Although Greg Bird is hurt. Yeah, but, you know. Everyone, everyone was talking is... about Greg Bird all offseason. That was the only Yankee story. The only Yankee story. That's right. That, that, that guy they got from Florida, you know, from Miami. He's, Can't remember. He he's not going to one of the minor anything. league teams, yeah, in Florida, yeah, yeah, um, pretty much the AAA <laughs> Miami point, Marlins, yeah, right? Um, so yeah, I think like the offense, I'm really encouraged by Curtis Granderson. I think I think he's going to be better than we are hoping. I have, uh, or we had sort of thought he would be able to do at this age. I think I think he's going to have a good year. Especially in that platoon with like that, you're resting him. He's older. You're resting him. You're giving him a chance to actually succeed and use the tools he has. And he's still got speed. Still got speed. He's still got pop. Um, 
And I think there's something to be said. I mean, it's it's not great that the whole lineup is generally pretty old, but there's something to be said for the fact that he's a guy who's done it at the major league level for many years, and he's been an all-star. He's, you know, he's hit 40 home runs in a season. You know, he's got that um, track record. And yeah, he's on the downside of his career. He may not play all the time. His but, first half last year was really impressive, yeah. just when he was traded to another division that he started tracking downwards. But I was really, I was really happy with the pickup. I know when he he did get picked up, there was the Twitterverse was a little, a little mad. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was excited about that acquisition as well. Yeah. So what what are your what's your take on uh, Randall Grichuk? I I might be biased by his spring training, but. Um, Reading a lot about his peripherals last year, I know they like um, his batted ball stuff um, and, and the power he has, and that's really good. But I'm worried that, and I, I do really like his defense, but there's so much depth right now in the in the outfield, especially with Teoscar Hernandez and Alford coming up, um, that there's, I, th- I can't see a point where they're not like, well, maybe we should try this out instead if he's not, if he has a month, if he starts slow, I don't know. I I, I hope I'm optimistic that he's going to do well. Uh, but uh, and I, I do really like his defense, but I'm I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Yeah, I mean, I'm not convinced either. I'm you know, it's always show me, don't tell me in, yeah. in anything, right? And you know, we hear all this thing. He got this, you know, pitching machine that you know throws curveballs or randomizes. The pitches so that you don't know what's coming. He's got, I think he did, you know, vision exercises. But we hear those stories about so many players. You know, every player says, okay, well, this year I'm doing this differently because I think that's going to work. Kevin Pillar with his whole, you know, I'm going to have better plate discipline. And it worked for a couple months. And then he went back right to being who he is. And unfortunately, I have a feeling that Randall Grichuk is who he is. He's a guy who's going to struggle to get on base at a 300 level. That's the biggest thing to me, too. And, you know, yeah. he's got power, and I think he'll benefit from playing in, in Toronto in terms of the power numbers. But, you know, we also thought that uh, we also thought that Kendris Morales would benefit in his power numbers from playing in Toronto over where he was in Kansas City. So, you know, who's to say? And so I'm, I'm not sold on Randall Grichuk when... The trade happened, I actually wrote that I thought, you know, why are they getting him when Teoscar Hernandez is basically him? It's basically Grichuk, yeah. but cheaper and already in the system, and you didn't have to give up Dominic Leone to get him. That was the only move that I thought was curious to me in the offseason that I actually thought was pretty good as far as the front office moves went. But I, that definitely Dominic Leone, his last year was so good. You had a tailor-made guy who has worked his way up and is, is ready to perform finally and, and to get rid of him at that point was the only only move that I thought was weird. Yeah, yeah. I That's the only move that I sort of directly thought was maybe a step, either a step back or, or treading water. Mainly because I think the Blue Jays are quite deep in the bullpen and, and I, I mean that's a good, as good a segue as any to talking about the bullpen. Um <laughs> They're deep in the bullpen, but they're also really deep in the outfield. And with what Teoscar has shown both in spring training and in September last year, there's, you know, enough of a body of work to suggest 
that you know he can be a solid major league outfielder. So you know, regardless of whether Alford is ready now or not, uh, you know, I think the injury puts things back and sort of makes the decision a little bit easier for the Blue Jays. You know, he can uh, he can go back to the minors, work his way back into health, work his way back into you know not holding anything back. Um, but you know, I almost think that Alford is going to take over for Kevin Pillar at some point. I was really excited to see him last year before he broke his handmate bone. Uh, it was that was it was pretty excited. That was my favorite call up last year. I think to be to really watch him dig in for and then he and everyone they broke up. Siciliani, but he tore, tore his shoulder he when he hit a home run. That's the best way to end your career, I think, ever. I don't know. Where is he? Actually, I don't know where. I don't know. I, th- I mean, he was a free agent, so I don't know if he signed anywhere else. Right. Um, so let's talk about that bullpen. I mean, for me, this bullpen is probably one of the underrated gems of the team. It's one of the areas that I think, you know, by acquiring the guys they did, by getting Sung Wan Oh, um, who now has a visa and can play. So, yay. Sweet. Um you know, just adding a couple guys, you know, we'll see if John Axford works out. We'll see if Tyler Clippard works out. Those guys came on minor league contracts so that, you know, there's no skin off the, the back of the Blue Jays. Um, but if you look at the depth that they have, I mean, Matt Dermody went through waivers and he's still in the system. Tim Meza is, you know, going to be in Buffalo. Um, Carlos Ramirez, I think, is probably the gem of these guys. Um, and, you know, you have... A whole whack of guys down in Buffalo. Um, you know, you still got Al Albuquerque at least for probably till about June when he's got probably got an opt out. Reiner Cruz, you've got who was actually he wasn't great, but he was decent in spring training. Um, you know, you've got a bunch of guys. Sounds like for depth. The Bison's Buffalo Bison's are going to have a great bullpen this year. They've had a great bullpen for several years, actually. The, I mean, if you've gone to Buffalo, and, and I know you have because we've gone together, um, you know, last year, especially towards the end of the year, the team wasn't hitting at all. Um, you know, I think as went Rowdy, so went the rest of them. But Leblabigian cooled off a lot. Um, you know, and you had this issue with the Bisons where... Um, you know, the team wasn't really hitting, but the bullpen was really good. And you had guys, you know, underrated guys like Murphy Smith. Um, you just had a big group of guys who got the job done. And I think, um, you know, I think the Blue Jays have done a really good job of developing relievers. And I think that the credit for that goes to uh, Vince Horseman, who's in double A. Um, I've heard great things about Mark Riggins, who is the pitching coach in Dunedin. Um I don't know much. There's a new pitching coach in Lansing this year, but Jeff Ware, who's now the pitching coordinator for the whole minor league system, you know, players really spoke highly of him to me. Um, so, you know, and Bob Stanley, who's the pitching coach in Buffalo, I don't want to miss miss out on Steamer. Um, but, you know, those guys, I think, get a lot of credit or should get a lot of credit for helping the Blue Jays develop a lot of homegrown relievers like Tapera, like... Um, Danny Barnes, like uh, Carlos Ramirez. And I think that's that allows them to really 
control their spending on the bullpen and not spend seven, nine, eleven million dollars on a reliever when they've got these guys who seem to be coming up in a chain. And there are guys coming. Um, one of those guys is Jackson McClelland, who you're going to hear an interview from a little bit later on. You know, he's a guy who a couple of years ago was throwing 91, 92. Now he's up to 97 and is, you know, made mincemeat of A ball last year. So we should see him in double A. And he could be in a Blue Jays uniform either at the end of 2018 or into 2019. So, you know, I think the bullpen is a place where we've got a lot of depth. And even though there may be people there that you don't know of yet, they may be coming faster than you think. Going back to Carlos Ramirez, why don't you talk about him for a second? Because you seems to like you, you feel like he's the uh, he's the gem in the organization right now. But he he started off a bit. I guess he started spring training late, and then he had a bit of a some home runs hit off of him. But no, he pitched early and then had some I think shoulder inflammation or something, and right. he, he was held back until towards the end of March. Um, so he was still he was pretty rusty when he came back. So I think I think he'll be fine. I think you know here's a guy who went like three months without giving up an earned run last year, yeah. and was striking out a whole whack of guys, and that's in Double A AA and Triple A. And he'd only been pitching for two years at that point. What does he throw? Um, mid low to mid nineties, like ninety two, ninety three. But he's got a uh, and he'll hit ninety five. But he's got a good slider, and he's got a lot of movement on the fastball. That was part two of my conversation with Wesley James about the Blue Jays leading up to opening day. We'll bring you part three in a later podcast. But coming up next, we've got an interview with Jackson McClelland. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined by Jackson McClelland, relief pitcher in the Toronto Blue Jays minor league organization. Welcome to the podcast, Jackson. Thanks for having me. So let's start. Last year seemed like it was a pretty whirlwind season for you. Um, Things went really well right in the start uh, coming out of Lansing and you got to Dunedin. uh, And then you even kept your season going, going to the Arizona Fall League. What was that like uh, just sort of looking at your season as a whole? Uh, I think whirlwind is a good word to describe that, but overall it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to get to experience Lansing in the Midwest League for two months or three months, however long I was there, and then come down here in the Florida State League and take a step up and face another level of competition, and then getting to go to Arizona, which not a lot of guys get to do, was just, man, it was a blast. So, Are there any uh, moments, I'm, I'm sure winning a championship in uh, Dunedin was probably high up on the list, but uh, what about that and, and any other moments that you think were were really uh, exciting for you over the course of the season. Oh, man, there was there was a lot of those last year, starting out in Lansing with that lineup because watching those guys hit every day was was unbelievable. And like you said, winning the ring in Dunedin and then going to Arizona winning you know the second ring for the year, there was there were so many moments from last year that I could look on and be like, man, that was that just for one year. But, you know, to have them all together in that one season was unbelievable. Now, was that lineup in Lansing probably the best lineup you've ever seen? It's it's up there. I'll tell you that Arizona lineup was was something else too. But that's that's a little different. But uh, as far as for one organization, I'd have to say that's definitely up near the top. 
Now, I was down there in Lansing around, I think, around early May, and it almost seemed like as long as the pitchers kept the other team to under about nine runs, you would win. Uh, is you know, is that was that the feeling out there? It's like the pitchers just had to get outs eventually. No, definitely. We knew as a staff that we had we had an offensive lineup that they were going to score runs for us. So if we just kept us in the ball game, we had a chance to win every day. Now, from the people I've talked to around the organizations, you seem to have taken one of the biggest steps forward last year uh, from anyone else you know, or many of the other players around the organization. Um, what do you think happened that enabled you to um, make such progress so quickly? Uh, the credit definitely goes to the staff, from the athletic trainers to the strength coaches, the nutritionists, the pitching coaches especially. Just It was a group effort, and I can't take the credit for it because those are the ones who put in the work, put in the time, and the effort with me to make, be able to make those steps. So the credit goes to the staff. Well, from what I've heard, you also lost some weight, um, got into better shape coming back over the off season. Um, as someone like myself, I, I know how it's how difficult it can be to lose weight, but uh, you know, obviously that was a big step, and, and that's what uh, some of the people have told me that you really took your conditioning a lot more seriously. Yes, the, losing the weight was a big step. Um, I, I love my time in the weight room, and I probably spent a little too much time in there. Uh, funny story about that is I'm the little guy on my dad's side of the family, so. Just trying to keep up with the big folks and Blue Jays, you know, kind of let me know that I need to bring it down, be athletic, be more conditioned, like you said, just be a better baseball player. So, and that's translated, or whether it's the the strength in your arm or the or the conditioning you've done, it's translated to a few extra miles on your fastball. And uh, and you know, what does that do as a pitcher, being able to throw even a few miles an hour harder? What does that do to you to you on the mound when you're going out there approaching every at bat? I don't know if it's necessarily changing anything because uh, I just like everybody else, I just try to go out there and be aggressive, put the ball in the zone and give our defense a chance to play. The few extra miles an hour, we were talking about it today, you know, it only helps if I'm putting the ball where it needs to be anyways. So it helps, but only if I'm doing the rest of my job with it. So, Does it enable you to be a little bit more aggressive than and less uh, fine about where you're putting the ball? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Just be you know, at all times be aggressive with the ball. You know, if nothing else is working, I can fall back on the fact that I have a fastball that I can use to get out. So now not only did you, uh, you know, throw in three different places last year in, in Lansing and Dunedin in Arizona, but you've also had a chance this year to get into big league spring, spring training. What's that experience been like? And have you uh, been able to pick the brains of some of the other players, some of the coaches at the major league level? Uh, yeah, definitely. I spent a lot of time talking to the, the older guys about how they work, you know, watching them go about their business, asking the questions, you know, why do they do this or why do they do that? But more so just kind of taking a step back and watch their routines, especially the relievers, the older guys who have been around, the guys who know what they're doing, you know, they're efficient, they're refined. You know, those guys are awesome for me to watch so that I can pick up stuff. So Now, when you say older guys, I mean, there's guys like Roberto Osuna, who's not older than you, um, but he's been there a little bit longer. But there's also, you know, there's a lot of young blood on that relief staff. Were you were you working with them? Were you working with, or or looking at some of the the guys who are maybe in camp as well on on you know trial contracts things like that? Uh, I suppose a better would be a bit more experienced guys, guys who've been at that level, guys who've been at the upper levels, been around. I try to pay attention to everybody because you know you never know what what might click or where it might come from. So you try to take it all in you know, filter it the best you can to see what works for you. So, Now, who would you say you're sort of modeling your game after right now? Is there someone that you grew up watching that you've been watching since you've, you know, you got to college and you were pitching in, in university and in uh, 
you know, in the pros that you've sort of said, you know what, I think I can do that. That that fits my game really well. I'd say one guy that I'd, I'd, I'd try to stick really close to is Jonathan Broxton. Big right-handed guy, thicker guy, throws hard with the power slider. That's a guy I try to watch at least, you know, from when I'm not sure if he's still playing, but when he came into the league to when he's done playing because that's a guy I feel like I can watch and, and learn from. Now, what do you like to do when you're getting away from the game? In the off season and uh, you know, off days as as few of them as there are, but you know, when you have an off day, what do you like to do? Um, I'm I'm a pretty mellow cat. I like to read, or if I'm not reading, I like to be out exploring and hiking, being out in nature. I love being on the lake, being out near water, just kind of cruising, or being you know kayaking, stand up paddle boarding, anything that's pretty mellow. I like doing it. So, did you have a chance to do much of that when you were in Vancouver? In Vancouver, a little bit. Uh, like you said, there's not too many off days, so it's hard to get out there. But we went to uh, the suspension bridge, got out there near the water. In Van- but like you know, Vancouver's not too many days, so it's hard to get too much. So, right. I mean, it's a it's a very compressed schedule, yeah. I guess. Um, so now that we're into 2018, what are you looking to work on? What are you looking to accomplish with your season this year? I'd say the biggest thing for this year is is one word: consistency in all aspects of the game, on the field and off the field. Just be consistent. And. Do you have any idea where you might start that year? Uh, I don't know. As long as I get to pitch, I'm happy. So, Well, getting to pitch is obviously something that we want to see you do. Uh, you know, As you go through the season, we're going to be keeping our eye on you. Jackson McClelland, pitcher with the Blue Jays organization. And uh, we're wishing you the best of luck and hopefully at least another championship this year. Thank you, guys. I hope for another ring myself. So maybe two. That's all for episode number 67 of the Blue Jays from Away podcast. On behalf of my co-host Wesley James, I'd like to thank Jackson McClellan for joining us, and thank you for listening. Come on back soon, and go Jays go! Higher, 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 higher.